find that the higher up the pyramid you go, the more the people there are being paid and compensated for who they are rather than what they do. And so the heart surgeon at Mayo, who has written six books and appears on Dr. Oz, and et cetera, et cetera, is being paid on a different basis than the heart surgeon nobody's ever heard of at a hospital just down the street in Manhattan. So a lot of lawyers would then jump to, gee, I'm a board certified and I'm listed in this best lawyer and that super lawyer and this gigantic lawyer thing, and they would go to their institutional badges. Um, It'll be very unpleasant and unwelcome news to many that resumes pretty much don't matter unless you are seeking a relatively low-level position in a corporate hierarchy. Welcome to the Renegade Lawyer Podcast, the show where we ask the questions, why aren't more lawyers living flourishing lives and inspiring others? And can you really get wealthy while doing only the work you love with people you like? Many lawyers are. Get ready to hear from your host, Ben Glass, the founder of the law firm Ben Glass Law in Fairfax, Virginia, and great legal marketing, an organization that helps good people succeed by coaching, inspiring, and supporting law firm owners. Join us for today's conversation. Good morning, everyone. This is Ben Glass. This morning, we're going to be interviewing my good friend, Dan Kennedy. And I just want to take a moment, really, before even Dan gets on the phone, to introduce him to those of you who don't know Dan. Dan really is known as the millionaire maker. He has direct influence literally over millions of small business owners and private practice professionals and sales professionals every year. Uh, Dan himself is a multimillionaire, seven-figure income, serial entrepreneur with many diverse business interests. Many of Dan, through his newsletters, his seminars with GKIC, his individual seminars that he does, and mainly he is known for helping small business owners of all types uh, grow their practices and businesses, first through marketing and advertising, but also as you get to know him and get involved through really interesting business practices fierce management of time and people, and really objective, straight thinking. And Dan has just come out with a new book. It's called No BS, Trust-Based Marketing. It is rich in information, strategies, and examples for new, timely, and sophisticated approach to marketing and selling in uncertain, untrustworthy times. And I think we can all agree that we are there. And the book is now available at Amazon.com, BN.com, Barnes & Noble stores, and other booksellers. And I'm going to tell you at the end of the call, Dan will be with us through the bottom of the hour. All righty. Great. Technical difficulties aside, Dan, I've introduced the call. I've introduced you, introduced the book. So let's jump right in because I know that your time is limited. Yeah, uh, I have a little cushion on the back if you need it. Oh, good. Okay, terrific. So you let me know. Dan, as many folks on the call know, I've been with you probably about nine years. Subscribe to everything. Uh, you'd probably recognize me as one of your top impl implementers. I see an idea. I go. I do it. I test it. 
Yet in your new book, No BS Trust-Based Marketing, you raise a very provocative question right at the beginning of the book that I want to ask you about. And the question you raise is, what if everything you were taught and believed about successfully connecting with your clients was wrong? And so what I want to ask you is, have we been going about it the wrong way? What's new and different now in 2012? Let's start there. And thanks well, for joining us, by the way. You're welcome. And I'm sorry that, that I had trouble getting through. If I had anybody to fire, I would, but unfortunately it's me. The It's not so much new has worsened which is a environment of just enormous uncertainty, anxiety, and distrust. So it occurred gradually. I can recall as a kid, my I don't think I ever saw my father lock his car, and generally we left the back door of the house open and would occasionally come home and find neighbors had come in and made some coffee and were waiting. You would not do that today probably in almost, any part of the country. And now we're worried about should we go to a movie theater to see a movie or not because somebody may open fire. You have Penn State in the news. You have Wall Street problems, government, on and on. So even successful people and Democrats, by the way. So I saw Bob Iger of Disney interviewed yesterday and Zuckerman. They're anxious. They're nervous. They're distrustful of the economy and of everybody they deal with. So what was a gradual negative evolution uh, accelerated greatly, I think, in the last few years and have brought the ordinary client to a point of, for us, great peril, but also great opportunity. And that point is they basically trust no one and nothing and are more skittish than they have ever been. And so there's great hazard in us not seeing ourselves as something that strikes terror in the hearts of men. Uh, the great opportunity, though, is that they want somebody to trust more than ever. They appreciate safer, higher ground when they find it more than ever. So now that gets us to the heart of your question, which is, are we doing something wrong? A lot of professionals are doing something wrong given these conditions, not so much in the architecture or the structure of the advertising to marketing to sales, if it's okay to use the word sales, process, but actually in what we are selling. And so the folks on your call haven't been as abused as those in many other groups who keep getting run through sales training programs, but if they were, and with different language, they have probably experienced the same thing, there hasn't really been a modification in the fundamentals of what's taught to people about sales and persuasion since 1950. It's very product and service focused, and it's all about features and benefits of the product or service uh, or services being offered. And so the focus is on the thing rather than the focus on the people. The focus is on the thing rather than the focus is on the relationship. And it is my contention that more than ever now, the higher the income being earned by somebody, the more likely it is that they are making their presentation 
to the marketplace about trust and trust relationship and secondarily themselves and way down that ladder, the actual product or service, the deliverable that they are providing. Hey guys, this is Ben. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, not just the marketing and practice building strategies, but the philosophy of the art of living your best life parts, you should know that my son Brian and I have built a tribe of like-minded lawyers who are living lives of their own design and creating tremendous value for the world within the structure of a law practice. We invite you to join us at the only membership organization for entrepreneurial lawyers that is run by two full-time practicing attorneys. Check us out at greatlegalmarketing.com. And most of the folks on the call, although not all, are lawyers. And you said, you know, basically, we haven't been exposed to the whole sales presentation educational part. But don't worry, we've gotten there on our own because we really haven't been exposed to much of anything except each other's marketing. And let me that quickly gets Amish. Yes, it's a, um, and, and it has. We try to outshout each other by buying a bigger ad that says, "I really do care for you." But let me ask you this: because when someone, when a consumer is going through a process, maybe to buy a car or even to buy many professional services, they have the luxury of time often, the luxury of doing research and getting self-assurance. And we'll talk in a few minutes about whether that's valid or not. But for most lawyers, they're in, a, in an event-driven business. So you find your spouse cheating on you. The repo man is out the door. You're in an accident and adjusters are calling you. And consumer then today, in many occasions, goes on the internet. And of course, what do they find? Millions of us. So what are some things in, that a, a, an attorney in particular can do in this sort of time-compressed atmosphere to get away from features and benefits, we care for you, no fee of no consultation, you know, no fee of no recovery, to generating the trust that's necessary to win the day? I will say... As quick preface that, you know, everybody thinks their business is different and their pain is different and greater than others. In reality, a lot of businesses are still event-driven. And so some percentage of the consumers who are very proactive give themselves the luxury of time in other categories. But, for example, cosmetic dentistry or cosmetic surgery, which you would think consumers would give themselves the luxury time. The majority of those cases are also event-driven, and the consumer feels pressure. It's not the same as the pressure that you described that occurs for your folks, but, for example, big driver of cosmetic surgery and cosmetic dentistry practices is to the uh, divorced woman who takes action between the third month and the seventh month and it's a crescendo of action right around the fourth month. And so there's really a relatively short window from the time she first raises her hand, often by going to the Internet, exactly as you described, and the time that she picks somebody. So the problem exists elsewhere, if that makes everybody feel better. You are a 1,000% correct in that the problem is there, and it is worsened by the fact, by however many of them, make their first move on to the Internet, which Eric Schmidt, the, one of the founders of Google, has described as a giant cesspool 
because we can't keep them exposed just to us. We can't have a one-on-one dialogue and conversation with them. So I think that you do a couple of things. One is you, at somewhere in your Internet presence, you try and put them inside a closed funnel, a closed box where you say things that are dramatically different and say the things you must say in a different way than everybody else is saying them. Secondly, I think you get your, in marketing terms, what we call a lead or a prospect, you get them back off the Internet as quickly as you can. And so I have an awful lot of clients in healthcare practices um, where an average case value is in the $7,000 to $12,000 range. I have clients in financial services, same basic place. We teach, and many of them deliberately delay, often by only a day or two, the appointment so that they can get materials into the hands, often using Federal Express, either though, even though it is going from Fairfax, Virginia to Memphis, Tennessee, and back overnight to Fairfax, Virginia to be delivered to the person down the street. They often use FedEx in order to put some variation of what we call a shock and awe package, an educational piece in their hands before the appointment in order to arrive differently, say different things, and say things differently, and try and create a certain amount of communication going on in a vacuum. I think it's very important to find ways to get out of the swap meet and be engaged one-to-one, one-on-one with the client. Uh, And then I think it's very important that you address messaging so that if they are shopping, that they are going to see five that look alike and one that doesn't. We have, I think, done a pretty good job in the legal industry in taking exactly what you have just talked about and absorbed it and translated it for lawyers. Different messaging, shock and awe package, extensive follow-up campaigns. In fact, for folks on the call, I'm a personal injury attorney. What we find, Dan, is our top clients have been in our funnel or been in our ecosystem for anywhere from three to 12 months before they actually sign a contract because they're dealing with their injuries. They are not looking for a lawyer straight off the bat. They're looking for answers to questions. And a lot of others... See, that's a critical point for two reasons. One, because most people in most businesses have a shorter-term idea of the life of a prospective client or patient or customer than is the reality. And so they don't do enough follow-up over a long enough period of time because they believe the prospect has been scooped up by someone else if they haven't got them within X number of hours, days, or weeks. And more often than not, they are wrong. Secondly, it's important because you just open the door to a period of time during which you have opportunity to create trust and to create differentiation. And let's segue into another thing that I know that you value highly, and that is the whole being perceived as an authority versus being perceived as a commodity. Many lawyers who first enter my world 
will say, if I don't send a runner out at the first instance to the client's house to give them a fee contract, somebody else will get it. I think we've pretty much debunked the attitude of the consumer. But talk about this for a second. The perception that you are just one of thousands rushing to get a new client versus someone who is held in high authority is hard to get to, get to, hard to get an appointment with. How does that all affect ultimately income and equity? You, you uh, uh, as a mutual friend of ours says, you, you basically create your own reality. If you approach this as a desperate and fearful hunter with the idea that there is one dinosaur available to make meatloaf out of today, and there are 150 hunters <clears throat> all leaving their caves at the same time to get the dinosaur. You'll pretty much live that reality, and I suppose that reality is there to live. Uh, again, lawyers would not be the only ones to create this reality for themselves and to operate from fear. It exists in all sorts of other businesses and professions as well, and it is always wrong. It exists worse now than it did, but it existed when I first entered the speaking business, and everybody had the idea that if you uh, weren't checking messages every three minutes and you weren't immediately responding to a meeting planner, that if they couldn't get you, they would just move on and get somebody else. Today it's even worse because the speaker feels they've got to be responding to a text message from a meeting planner the same millisecond that, that they get it. And I debunked it for myself in 1978, and very quickly then and still today, there's a pretty good delay, and people have to jump through some hoops to get to me. And not only has it never cost me money, now it may have cost me an individual gig, that's possible, but it has never cost me money, it has made me a great deal of money. Because, uh, in a sense, the more readily available you are, the more you are a can of coffee on the shelf at Walmart. And that that creates all sorts of problems, most notably price or fee. And the positioning is all wrong. And therefore, the relationship is all wrong. And the client compliance now is a problem. And the client referrals are nil and the profit margin is insufficient to support good advertising and marketing. And the corollary to this, the authority thing that you said, is that if you examine any profession and you look at its income pyramid, um, first of all, you will find it is a pyramid. Secondly, you will find that the higher up the pyramid you go, the more the people there are being paid and compensated for who they are rather than what they do. And so the heart surgeon at Mayo, who has written six books and appears on Dr. Oz, and et cetera, et cetera, is being paid on a different basis than the heart surgeon nobody's ever heard of at a hospital just down the street in Manhattan. And he's being paid at an entirely different basis than the general MD at the dock in the box place in the Bronx. And you solve the entire commoditization, live in fear of losing a deal, run with the stampede of hunters. You solve that entire problem 
when you create authority, uh, celebrity, uh, credibility, all when you create all of those things for you, for yourself. So a, a lot of lawyers would then jump to, gee, I'm a board certified and I'm listed in this best lawyer and that super lawyer and this gigantic lawyer thing, and they would go to their, their institutional badges. Um, we try to teach hey, open up your life a little bit, tell your individual unique story. And you may be surprised to learn, Dan, that many lawyers are actually shy (laughs) about telling that side, the family, how they got to be there, what other causes they are interested in. Can you balance for us the professional badge of authority and the this is my unique story in terms of the lawyer who's now creating new marketing what should he be spending his time and effort on? It'll be very unpleasant and unwelcome news to many that resumes pretty much don't matter unless you are seeking a relatively low-level position in a corporate hierarchy. And so in a corporate hierarchy, at the relatively low and mid-levels, they may have MBA required, For the CEO, they don't. And fortunately, for the direct response consultant and copywriter, they don't uh, because in the resume items that you just listed, I don't have any. But I do have a hell of a story. Um, And so the public is really not swayed by these things because the public is not looking for the person with the longest alphabet soup after their name or the most number of frame certificates on the wall. That's not how they get to trust. And if those things are valuable to you and you've spent a lot of time pursuing them, you would like that to be the way people get to trust, but it is not. And really a big subject of the book is understanding the real pathways that people travel when they decide to trust someone. And for the most part, people trust people for irrational reasons we might consider wrong-headed reasons or even hazardous reasons. But it's very important to understand what those reasons are. And, and I can assure you they aren't resume items. What you refer to as the unique personal story is an element that plays an important role in how people get to trust someone because, and it puts people at hazard, but nonetheless it is the way we all operate because people are really looking for human connection. Therefore, they respond to human interest stories. You will almost always gain ground with somebody, a stranger you meet somewhere. In casual conversation, the minute some Item is identified with which you have commonality. You both grew up in Iowa. You both grew up in a family with a large number of kids. You both own the same kind of dog, et cetera, et cetera. That immediately moves people toward one another. And again, it can be dangerous. It's not necessarily rational, but it is the way human beings operate. And when an attorney sets out now to remake their positioning and their presentation to a marketplace. 
it's very important they come at it from how real people really get to trust, not from what they have on the shelf on the wall in their resume drawer and how they would like for people to get to trust. One of the reasons that that I've written so many books, non-legal, sort of the business and the motivational book and co-authored with you in The Ultimate Success Secret is because in almost every occasion when I'm meeting someone for the first time in my office, I can find some link between their life and something that I have written or some product we've produced. And as you say, in the dramatic demonstration, you mention this in the book, you think, oh, voila, I've got this thing back in the other room just for you. Let me go and fish it out and get it for you. And, and I can tell you that we have, if I can use the word, sold more clients on our services by things like that, by pictures of running the marathon, by pictures of my big family, than I have the, by the badges on the wall. Let me ask you this, and just let me know when you're when we're reaching a. a I've time. got. A, I can do about five minutes. Five minutes, okay. Write, writing books. You don't make a ton of money, I imagine, off of a book that lists at seventeen ninety five, no BS trust based marketing. And yet, every year, Dan, I know you're putting out two or three new books or revisions of old books, and you talk in the book about the strategy of omnipresence. Enlighten us a little bit, because a lot of lawyers say, Ben, all of this stuff you talk about is way too much work for me to do. Why do so much that's not directly related to making that next big sale? The way too much work gets us to, you know, what what business you're really in, and almost everybody tends to confuse their deliverables with their business. And so... Just like you have deliverables, which is legal work, perhaps litigation, a representation, advice, etc. I have deliverables too, and we have product deliverables on the publishing side. We have service deliverables in my consulting and copywriting bit, but that's not the business. I happen to be in the, in the Dan Kennedy business, and. And the more I came to understand that, the better the financial results were. So most people approach the list of being in the Dan Kennedy business or being in the Ben Glass business as stuff we don't have time for. This is the guys at the airport, the next time you're going to take a flight, not having time to put gas in the plane. We hope they have a better understanding of what the critical elements are of success. And so the critical elements of success for most professionals are not the deliverables. They are the being in the Ben Glass business, the being in the Dan Kennedy business, and therefore it's not a matter of too much work or not enough time. This is the business you're in. And that's part of the answer. Specific to things like the books, no, they are not directly going to pay for a lot of oats and vet bills for very many resources. But they are nearly essential in serving a variety of of purposes, both internal with established clientele, people with whom I already have a relationship, and external, 
and and in a general sense, uh, for many reasons, including one you mentioned a few minutes ago, we say publish or perish. That if you if your output is not consistent and frequent and interesting, um, you you are going to find that you're toward the bottom of the income pyramid. There are, of course, ways to make all this easier and faster and less arduous, but regardless of how arduous it is for somebody, once they realize that's actually the business they're in, then hopefully their attitude toward it changes. And so if you loop it all the way back around to trust, if you put that on the list of one of the businesses you're in, creating of trust, the creating of authority, which is a factor in creating trust, and so forth, then you have to give this time and priority. Again, it's the business you're in. Yeah, and that's one of the things, and I know you have to go, that the guys and gals in my top mastermind group and our sort of our most productive coaching members often come to us not ever having heard this or not having accepted it in the past. And it does take work. It does take time. I think it takes hanging around with people like you, reading your books, hanging around with people like us to really be emboldened because it, it runs contra to what the establishment, particularly in the legal profession, what the establishment believes we should be doing, which is um, oftentimes trying cases, getting your butt kicked, but doing it for a good cause and not talking too much about yourself. Dan, I want to thank you for being on the call. Once you leave, I'm going to tell folks, so hang on, folks. I'm going to show you how to get Dan's book in a special way today, and then I've got a terrific bonus if you show me that you've gone on to Amazon and helped out this other charity that I'm very involved with. We've got a bonus that we'll get to you later on today. Dan, thanks so much. Have a great thanks, rest man. of the summer, and I'll talk to you later this fall. Okay, thanks a lot. All righty, bye-bye. If you like what you just heard on the Renegade Lawyer podcast, you may be a perfect fit for the great legal marketing community. Law firm owners across the country are becoming heroes to their families and icons in their communities. They've gone renegade by rejecting the status quo of the legal profession so they can deliver high-quality legal services coupled with top-notch customer service to clients who pay, stay, and refer. Learn more at greatlegalmarketing.com. That's greatlegalmarketing.com.